So usually uh, in this setting we ask for questions. So are there any questions tonight? Actually, I saved over from last night. Okay. Um, okay, this is it's a long question. I thought it might be. <laughs> I try to give a short answer. Um, That's hard. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll start off. A friend of mine, well, he joined the Chicago Temple years ago. Then he left and went back to Minnesota and went out with his friends, deer hunters, and went out hunting. And he read, while they were out camping out, he read the Bhagavatam to them. And the story of Narada, he said, that brought those hunters to tears. Um, and I just thought, we need, we need some books like that. And that's what that whole section is about, is Narada telling Gauss, you need to write a book that works like this, like this story, like it worked on me as a kid. And uh, so I was thinking, like, what if, what if there was a book? And it was just about Krishna, like a small book, like we have the chant and be happy. It was meant for mass distribution for people in Rutherfordton that work at the Bilo. Um, you know, just the simple kind of people around here, they'd pick it up and read it and be completely charmed by Krishna. Um, so let's just, being real hypothetical, let's say the BBT asked you to write such a book. What kind of things would you like to see in there? What do you think would just really charm simple people about Krishna? Uh-huh. Well, that's a difficult question. Um, um, because I think that regardless of how accessible the story might be about Krishna and um, charming in its own right. Um, that, for a moment here, it would be, of course, more charming to us because we know so much more. In other words, the sweetness of Krishna, as we often um, say, is really shines out on the background of Aishwarya. In other words, the, the, the knowledge of his godhood is what makes his human-like leelas as sweet as they are. So, um, one of the tasks, really, of referring back to the Bhagavatam uh, on the part of Vyas or Sukadeva as the speaker is that they're walking like a tightrope between Madhurya, sweetness, and Ma Aishvarya, or, or majesty, the godhood of the godhead, and the fact that he's acting otherwise, or so it would appear. Human-like, of course, both of the words are equally important. Human speaks of his sweetness, and like means of his godhood. So, uh, the, the point I'm making is, is that you have got to inform them that Krishna's God here in the Bible, belt in Rutherford County, which is a bit of a hard, uh, 
hard sell. Um, you know, somehow in the context of the book, I mean, Prabhupada, in one sense, tried to do what you're saying when he's, with his Krishna book, tell the, the story of Krishna. Of course, it's interwoven with his tattva, you know, whereas in every other paragraph, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he keeps invoking this in, in the English phrase, uh, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, which is the the uh, kind of cornerstone of the of the tattva uh, of the Bhagavatam. That's what unlocks, as Jiva Goswami explains, is the key to unlocking the tattva, the, the 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 philosophical truth of the Bhagavatam. So that would be the tricky uh, part, I would I would think. Um, but um, I'm just at the, at the moment writing about Krishna's um, Poganda Leela in the present book that I'm working on, and um, that's when he becomes a cowherd. And right at this moment, I've just finished the section where he, the the, the Gopastami, that this the, the ceremony, that the celebration, um, commemorating, well, celebrating. His graduation, so to speak, from calf herding to cow herding, has completed, and now he's starting to herd, and and so some talk about about the cows, and um, gosh, we have a very different idea of cows <laughs> than a lot of people in in this part of the world, and 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 in you know, much of the United States, for that matter, and and uh, other countries as well. But they are charming creatures, so I want to bring them 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 in. And there uh, there are certain um, I mean they're very I would say they're very extraordinary creatures. And of course that's a Vedic perspective. But I where it's said, for example, in Go 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 Stuti, uh, there's a there's a po- poem that says from the the Vedas emanate from the cows the uh, the devas uh, are born from the cows. Sacrifice are born from the cows, uh, and so on and so forth. So you know what that means. The mystery that's surrounding the cows is is is, is considerable. Hmm? Jiva Goswami wrote in Gopal Champu um, that if all of the people had ten thousand mouths hmm, and spoke. For ten thousand years, about one day of Krishna's cow herding, they 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 couldn't do justice to it. So it's layered and layered and layered with with uh, meaning, philosophical implications, theological implications that you can just keep pulling out and keep pulling out. Uh, and it, it's a it's a it's a rich uh, mine that just doesn't quit if you know how to mine. If you got a helmet and a light, you know, you're in there. You can keep pulling it out. I mean, to give you an example, um, there are nobody speaks Sanskrit these days, but there are at least 80 Sanskrit commentaries on the Bhagavatam, 10th Canto in particular. That's a that's a lot of Sanskrit commentaries. And typically, you know, Prabhupada, I think he had a book of maybe 10 or 12. Commentaries on the Bhagavatam that he drew from Sridhar Swami, all the Goswamis uh, draw from him. He was given such um, 
regard by Mahaprabhu. And then, uh, you know, uh, then we have from them, we have Jiva Swami, Sanatana Goswami. A little later, Vishwanath Chakwati Thakur, Prabhupada, who has written a commentary, Bhakti Siddhanta wrote a commentary. Uh, I don't think he wrote a commentary on the 10th canto, did he? Um, maybe. I can't recall. At any rate, I mean, these are a few that, that we draw on. Uh, I think in the book that Prabhupada had, there was Madhva's, com- Madhva's very uh, short, uh, superficial, really, kind of commentaries there also and others. But uh, sometimes uh, you can find a Goswami's pulling out some name you never heard of that's not in the Gaudiya Sampradaya, older than Sridhar Swami. And like I say, there's 80 commentaries in Sanskrit. Uh, and it's just a way of saying or underscoring the fact that, like I say, it's it's a very rich mind, full of. I mean, the, you can pull out meanings from the words that are so significant that it could just be easily hmm, overlooked. Like, take let's take for example, um, if, if I may, for a moment, uh, can't help myself, but uh, in, in in a roundabout answer to your question, but. Krishna in the Brahma Vimohanli, I just finished that 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 section. I mean, it's just uh, unbelievable that the the measure of the Aishvarya and the measure of the Madhurya meeting together like that. There's no greater exhibition of Krishna's Aishvarya or Majesty than we find in Brahma Vimohanli, and the sweetness is is incomparable too. Um, Although the Rasalila is, is the sweet of the sweets at the same time, um, but um, th- their coming together is so uh, profound. There, at any rate, as you know, you may know, uh, most of you, uh, after the killing of Agasur, which was enough fascinating it, it's itself, uh, extraordinary, and Brahma, you know, thinks, what's going on? This. Uh, the Atma of Agha came out of his head. Now, all the devas said that they saw it. How could they see an Atma? Because it's invisible, right? It's unseeable. It can't be seen by even celestial eyes. Hmm? So, of course, the implication is that Krishna awarded him Sarupya Mukti. So what they saw was the effulgence of his spiritual form. Sarupya means a form, it's for Vaikuntha, like Narayans. Hmm? It's a type of, of Mukti in Vaikuntha. So they saw the effulgence of the of the of the of the the Swarup, the Siddhadeha, the Bhakti Swarup. Hmm? We have a Swarup as an Atma and then we can have a Bhakti Swarup on top of that. That's uh that's a blessing. At any rate, then he saw that it entered into Krishna. And so, you know, he got four heads. You kind of think about it quite a bit there. The implication is, this guy got a form like Narayan, that Narayan bestows upon some in Vaikuntha and it entered into Krishna, into the coward Krishna. So it's just this is where Brahma just started to think, I was always under the impression that Krishna came from Narayan. I mean, he spoke to me the four verses of the Bhagavatam at the dawn of creation. He was dressed like a gopa, but he, he had the, was standing with the uh, the Gyan Mudra, giving knowledge and uh, very 
the, te- the teacher, and I had been, uh, I was born from Narayan, and suddenly I kind of saw Narayan turn into Krishna. So I, I kind of assumed that Krishna was one of the forms of Narayan, but now I'm starting to think, could it be the other way around? So he's, he's becoming a Gaudiya Vaishnava. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. So, so at any rate, you know, you know the story, and and then and then the lunch begins, and and that's the intimacy of that is super extraordinary. Um, in uh, and and anyway, to make the point more quickly here, one of the prominent aspects of it is that Krishna has in his left hand some rice and yogurt and and fruit. Hmm? Um, from that he's stolen from another devotee's plate, right? And at that point, it's notice he notices that the calves are missing, hmm? and so he gets up to go and tend to the cat, bring the calves back, and he doesn't want to disturb the boys who are having the time of their life and eating without any inhibition whatsoever. Hmm? You know, anyway, that's another story, but. Um, I'll stay focused here. And so, um, Krishna says, and he wants to bring back the calves, but he doesn't, he's in this dilemma because he doesn't want to interrupt their eating and their fun at all. So he he assures them, I'll be just right back, just keep eating and so forth. And off he goes, and he's carrying the rice in his left hand, right? Of course. And then um, he comes back, and the boys are gone, and, you know, his Aishvarya is covering his, uh, his Madhurya, his sweetness is covering the fact that he's behind Brahma coming there. Who he's heard Brahma's prayers as a sadaka, said it's time for me to show him what is the um, Vishayalambana, Ashrayalambana of Sakirati, myself as a cowherd and my friends. I'm the object of love. They're the personification of the love. Let me bring him into a setting where all these ingredients are. And first, I'm starting to educate him. Krishna's too Bhagavan Swayam. That's important, as Krishna says in the Gita, right? He says, Aham sarva suprabhavo mata sarvam pravartate iti matva bhajante mam dubhava samambita. So if you want to worship him like a rag bhakti, you have to know that he's the source of everything. If you want to give everything, you have to find who can take everything. Narayan can't take it. <laughs> if you want to kiss him on the cheek, that's not Narayan. It's not going to go for that. But Krishna will. Hmm? Hmm? So, um, so he, you know, this this is an extraordinary transformation that 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 uh, Brahma is undergoing at the, the the teaching the teaching of Krishna. And the teaching of Krishna is not just sitting down and giving the talk, right? In so many subtle ways, he's teaching, showing, causing things to happen to teach uh, Brahma and so forth, right? So, um, he comes back and the cow, the, cow, the cowherd boys are gone and his Aishvarya comes on. He, he realizes, oh yeah, that, that brought Brahma here to enlighten him and you know, and now he's trying to show his power. So, I will show him my power so that it really gets cemented in his... He gets the man in the understanding of who I am. They might not misunderstand my coward form and think I'm an imposter of his guru, 
um, who we saw at the dawn of creation, with a little more dignified kind of the, the Gyan Mudra is one thing, holding rice and yogurt stolen from somebody else's plate, falling through your fingers in your other hand, in your left hand, is uh, is, a, is another thing. They were dressed similar, but they're acting very, very differently. Hmm? So, um, one ancient, ancient commentator has said, brought out the point that, and the word in the Bhagavatam, hmm, what, what's the word there for rice? Oh, I can't remember the word for bat is a um, um, boiled rice. It also means uh, yeah, it's bucket. It's an. It also means devotee. Hmm? So the word is 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 boiled rice. He had boiled rice in his hand, but you look at another layer, and he he had the devotee. He had. The, the, the love of the devotee who put it in his hand or allowed him to steal it from his plate and he won't let it go. He, through the whole thing with Brahma, he, he won't, he's teaching Brahma if he would pay attention. Hmm? I'm attached to my devotees. I can't let them go no matter what. Hmm? Something like this. So, I mean, this is just an example. So, so, so layered with, you could just suddenly, you know, have read it a thousand times and found another facet of it that looking at it from, from from another angle so it's a well spring of spiritual insight that just never never quits right but it's of course it's 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 very charming but then again the charm is somewhat you know relative to knowing that this isn't just a story of an ordinary an ordinary boy um, you have to bring in the theology a little bit um, but I guess what I would do, uh, you know, I'd have to give it more thought. But I, I would, I would, um, I would probably write a book in which it was presented. The idea was presented that God must be the perfection of beauty. Of charm, um, uh, and 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 that which is most uh, desirable in human society, like youth. We're all looking for the fountain of it. Maybe not yet, but you will <laughs> if you don't know. So, uh, uh, you know, youth is so desirable everybody wants the uh, the young young persons young men and women in the corporations want them the military wants them the the, the, the religious uh, groups want them the politicians want everybody it is it's very desirable so you take if we were to think about how, how God must be let us look at what is really preoccupies Human society, in in a, in a in a in a positive sense. I mean, we may be after many things, but it's only an appearance that we're after that thing. What are we really after, right? We're after love. Hmm? Um, you know, so I would kind of go in that that direction, hmm? uh, something like that, and um, 
and then then proceed, you know, with uh, with the depiction of what that might look like hmm? um, as a you know personified, if you will. Um, and it's tricky because you, you you know you don't want to make it like a cartoon character, uh, you know, in time and space kind of a thing. So I mean, it's hard for me to write it without being a little philosophical. But but I think that you could you know you you could the more I you know think about it as I talk about it, you could you know do do something with it in in a way that um, then it, then it's then you start to tell the story and you know maybe you would take um, Maybe you would take that Leela, even the Brahma Vimohan Leela. It's a it's a it's a very charming story, full of uh, significance, um, and it's very central. I mean, at the Bhagavatam, I mean, you, you couldn't get more central. If Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam is the is the Paribha Sutra of the Bhagavatam that unlocks the tattva of it, well, this is the narrative in the Bhagavatam where that's played out. So it's just one line in. In the third chapter of the first canto of one verse, but it's played out in the story form, hmm? um, and it you know it's it, it's it couldn't get more central in terms of the so it might be a good place to start, and it works over several chapters. Well, really three chapters, um, one kind of introductory, and it includes the killing of Agasura and then the bewilderment of Brahman, but the play in the forest of Krishna and and he he. He, you know, he is again the Godhead who is not, uh, it, it, he he's not crowned with uh, with the, with the diamond uh, and jeweled crown or sitting on an, such an elevated throne. He's sitting at the base of you know of a banyan tree, for example, and uh, you know he's decorated. Brahma gives some beautiful descriptions of him there also, decorated with the with the peacock feather. You know, and the, peac- the peacock, of course, the peacock feather has a lot of symbolism. And the peacock feather is a feather, as you know, that's beautiful and has eyes. Hmm. So, in one sense, the idea is that the peacock feather represents wise love. Love being here synonymous with, with beauty. Hmm. Um, and, of course, he raises his tail out of love, hmm. the peacock. Through his mating dance, that takes it to another level. You won't get that quite out of the Brahma Vimohan Leela, but as you go forward, then you will. So, point is, but so he he he's crowned with 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 love hmm, that's wise. We all want love, but how wise are we in our choices of where to repose our our loving propensity? Hmm? You know, and you kind of you can bring out that kind of point, you know. And, in a simple but a profound um, way, because that's the whole problem. That love knows no reason is a problem, and love knows no reason is is a solution at the same time. Hmm? You got to get the ground, you know, of uh, in place. And so you know that we're looking, we're looking in the wrong place. We're not the body, the biological, psychological um, complex. We're identified with this well in simple language, and everybody in Rutherford County can understand it's here today and it's, it's gone tomorrow. But our love and our drive for love doesn't end with that. We all feel that the there's more to the world than what meets the eye and the, and the mind, and 
like I was saying the other night, human life lives somewhere over the rainbow. That's where it really lives. It lives in hope hmm? that there's something more to the limitations that the biological and psychological complex we're identified with impose upon us. Um, that's why, as human beings, we try to do the things that other species do individually, like flying for birds high in the sky, and like swimming deep in the ocean like fish. You know, birds don't try to become fish, and fish don't try to become birds, but we try to become birds, and we try to become fish, and everything else by externally, because why, and you know, our answer is, because there's something about us that's not limited by the confines of the body. And if we understand the contours of the human body properly, we understand that they are suited, it's, it's designed just for understanding that purpose, that we might find them more and go beyond the limits of the senses and in mind, that we may venture within, we're venturing without, like you go to the moon, great, but what will you do there? Hmm? Yeah, Columbus was great and courageous. He sailed the ocean, I guess, <laughs> unless you're an Indian, you know. Uh, so uh, what will you do there, right? Hmm? Um, so the quality of uh, of life, uh, changing the, the, the quality of our life, or, you know, anyway, so you, you have to bring out these type of themes at the same time, I would, I would think, um, but, um, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, to love, hmm? um, and then you, you look at, you know, materialism, and it's just such a, a inaccurate uh, description of human life. I mean, it has nothing to do with what human life is about. Hmm? It dismisses. What to, what to speak of dismissing God and the soul? It says there's nothing called red. There's nothing called blue. What are you talking about? Hmm? These, these are qualitative experiences. They're not physical, quantitative things that we can, you know, measure and, 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 and so forth. And if you're materialistic, then you think. That's the implication, philosophically speaking. I don't mean just a consumer, but philosophically speaking, that everything is reduced to the physical. Hmm? And all qualitative experiences are really an illusion. Hmm? Happiness is an illusion. I mean, but we live in those qualitative experiences and the emotional life. That's where we're. That's where human life is. So you know, to anyway. So you got to get you know to those points. But I think you you, you could. In the context of um, um, telling the story about Krishna, and, and you know, like I say, maybe the some version of the Brahma Vimohan Leela and and uh, and 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 the cows and Krishna's in, in, interaction with them, the, the godhood is you know he, he speaks all languages, and so you know there's the there's the ahimsa comes into it. I mean, those kind of themes would have to come. <laughs> Best I can do off offhand, but it would be a challenge. But I would be up for it, sure. Hmm. They would commission me, uh, probably with no payment. But hmm? in your store? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, we'll sell it everywhere. We'll sell it everywhere. But um, yeah, I mean, it's um, 
you know, in one sense, your point is very good because as much as the Bhagavatam's narrative of the Leela of Krishna is as theologically and philosophically complex and layered as I mentioned, it's written for simple village people at the same time who without even knowing all of the philosophical implications could become charmed by hearing the stories of Krishna and that's all you need, right? And then become a devotee. The difference, of course, is the cultural difference is considerable. Hmm? So there's many ways. I'll give you an example of what I mean, too. If, if you um, maybe go to a movie or watch a movie and it's, it's full of, uh, as a movie might try to be, Western sensibilities, psychological sensibilities, emotion and so forth and to play on that and to make some point and so forth um you know most people it wouldn't be hard for uh, any of you to to feel get well up with some feelings and tears because you know something happened in the, in the, in the movie or to feel you know fearful or delighted or or whatnot hmm? but let's say to weep i mean there's probably plenty of movies people come out Weeping, men included, right? Hmm? Now, when you hear stories about Krishna, hmm, you don't weep. Hmm? So there's a there's a culture cultural reasons for that. That means that everybody that's weeping about Krishna's stories, hearing them, doesn't mean that they have bhava either. Hmm? Weeping being a, a, sign, a symptom of bhava, but they grew up. And the Godhead is part of their own culture. And they're so identified with every aspect of it hmm, that it's very easy for them to identify with it and and in their own language, let's say Sanskrit or Hindi or Bengali. And so it's very easy to get, especially if you're Bengali, you know, they're very, very emotional, kind of the Latins of, of uh, uh, Latinos of India, you know. Uh, and and weep and uh, you know and uh, swoon and so on and so forth. It doesn't necessarily mean they have a bhava, but but that identification hmm, can be useful. And the, the Goswamis are you know playing on that, writing about the Godhead, writing about the i the, the the fact that there is this uh, extraordinary possibility of having an intimate relationship with the absolute that's akin to having him as a friend having him as a lover hmm? uh wow and uh and so now they want to talk about something that's beyond words and beyond thought hmm? in a way that people can get a handle on and and that's what these little narratives really are 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 are, are about that's why they're different Written differently at different time with different, even some different characters, or they do different things. Everything is not exactly the same. Say so just like this, just like this. they're all trying to speak about the bhavas that, that that the whole thing is made up of, and bring them out through their poetry. They're actually empowering the poetry. Poetry in India, the soul of secular poetry is is rasa. That's what the soul of it is. 
Hmm? And so there's a whole, um, what would you call it, under my you know, system, math, science, to, you know, to the poetry, right, that underlies it all. Hmm? And so the, they're, they're constructing this poetic or dramatic um, uh, performance, and, 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 and all that is in place in such a way that these peak experiences of, of rasa will will be brought out and, and displace people from their local self and they enter into the into the story, so to speak. Um, uh, so in secular poetry in India, then the poetry causes rati and rasa. But this isn't the case with, with, with bhakti rasa. Poetry cannot bring about bhakti rasa. Only rati, only bhava can bring, bring about rasa. But if you have rati or bhava and then you want to poeticize hmm, that bhava, hmm, then that poetry cert- has a certain power that it didn't previously. Now it's empowered by bhava. Hmm, and therefore it can have the effect of causing rati in others. It's secondarily is the, is the poetry is doing it, but what's doing it is the rati that has been kind of uh, 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 the power that the poetry has been empowered by. I mean, this is just one example. If you understand what I'm saying, like if you have bhava, you can put it into in, into what you write. If you have Baba, you can start to transform the whole. The whole world will start to transform into, into something that stimulates Baba, not just poetry. Hmm? Uh, therefore, you you have the example: some great devotee sees a rain cloud, and, and passes out, and so forth. Do rain clouds cause Baba? Hmm? Well, that rain cloud would, if you looked after the, after he did, and if you looked at him, you looked then you'd. Get, Okay, uh, it's possible, but unto itself, no, no. I mean, what, what, what is? Take Vrindavan. What is Vrindavan? You go to Vrindavan and say, Krishna did this here. He washed his hands here, um, and and or Radharani washed her hands here because she went to see Mother Yasoda in the morning, and Mother Yasoda smeared turmeric on her hands, which is a way of saying, I want you to marry my son. Hmm? And then of course she had to go home, and so she washed her hands in, in the lake because yellow. And see, it's yellow. You can go there and you can see the yellow lake. Kind of. Kind of yellow. Hmm. You know, and then he started to get in, you know, older and he went, wait a minute, you know, that, that really that was going on here. Is that what that yellow is? Is it right around his hands or you know, let's look at it, you know, take it under the microscope here and so forth. But what it is really in all these places of Leela Stalies and here's Krishna's footprint, you go, Yeah, I guess. It's kind of looked like and smelted in the stone. Okay, what it is is really the bhava of the great devotees, like Rupa Sanatan. They were commissioned by Mahaprabhu to go there and excavate the place of Krishna's pastime. So they had experienced their bhava was was projected onto the onto the land, and that's what we were worshiping. So you know where is Krishna? He's in the heart of the devotees. That's where he is. We want to like locate him physically and historically to make sure he's really there. But whatever's really there historically and physically is not there tomorrow, <laughs> that's for sure. But Krishna is always there where? 
in the hearts of his devotees. This is where Bhava's prem is, is residing, right? <clears throat> so, I don't know how we got there, but um, what was I saying? So, um, Yeah, through so uh, through the through the poetry. Um, um, so it, while they're you know doing that, they're drawing entirely from the culture. Now it just so happens that Indian culture happens to be better than Krishna West thinks it is. That's just a fact. It's a culture that is that ex that. That, that I want to say not accepts, but just feels without thinking about it. That yes, the goal of life is is is, is mukti, and yes, uh, I'm not the body. I mean, just in there, it's just in there, so to speak. Not that they act upon it necessarily or realize it, but they've just got some scars for that idea. We don't find those some scars in the West. Hmm? You know, let's take for example. Let, let's look. Let's take Beethoven. They like that over there. Pe- Beethoven, classical classical music. Well, Beethoven was a religious guy, right? So one, why don't we play classical Western music, for example? Why do we have to do Indian folk music? I mean, we don't have to, as you know. But I mean, let's just say, uh, why don't we do Beethoven? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One of them is like classical music is about the least participatory kind of interactive music you could possibly come up with, hmm? right? You kind of just sit there and, and you know and you, you got to have a samskar to even be able to because it's there's no beat to it, you know. What I mean, you know, it's not like you know <laughs> you got to have a samskar for classical music, which which is what it is, and 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 most people. Don't have it, you know. It's quite different than hip hop, right? And so uh, that might not be the best choice. Whereas the, the, the Mahaprabhu's style of kirtan is a form of folk music, which is very participatory, right? Hmm? It's easy to get involved. You don't need a whole bunch of these, you know, symphony of instruments and so forth, and 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 so on. And to take it on another level, of course, yes, Beethoven was religious. But what was his conception of the Atma? He had a Rajasic conception of the Atma. As according to the Gita, he didn't know the difference between consciousness and the body. Kind of, you know, in the Christian idea, it's body, mind, and soul, and and it's it's not. Plato had a clear kind of demarcation between the self and 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 the body mind complex. Aristotle didn't, and his idea has prevailed more in Christianity, where it's this kind of mixed up body mind soul kind of a thing. And of course, Plato, after Plato, you had these these neo-Platonic Platonic uh, movements in in Europe that were just basically Vedanta, hmm? and Greece is like right next to India, of course. And Alexander went to India, and you know the stories, the history of that, and so forth. So, do we want to listen to Rajasic religious uh, music? Is that you know? So anyway, um, 
to different cultures are they're not all, they're not all, not all alike, right? Yes, the Godhead may appear in different cultures. Bhaktivinoda Thakur commented in one of his commentaries on the Gita, he wrote two, Yada yada hi dharma siglanir bhavati bharata, vitanam dharma sitaratmanam sidramiham, pritanaya sadhanam vina shayati duskritam, dharma samstapanartaya sambhavami duge duge. Comes again and again, right? To establish the dharma, to protect the devotees, and so forth. And Bhaktivinoda says, and that doesn't mean only in India. He appears as Shaktivesha in other cultures and teaches the Dharma accordingly in those places, according to where those people are at. Hmm? Very interesting. I mean, we could play that out. It's kind of a perennialist, theistic perennialist perspective that Bhaktivinoda Thakur had. Um, but, uh, but he also maintained that the full expression of it all is it's got to be someplace. And Christians say the same thing. Christians say this. If you say to a learned Christian that, look, what about the Eskimos? What about the Aboriginal uh, people and the Adivasis uh, of the different countries of the world? They don't know about Jesus. Jesus didn't go there. Maybe Christianity didn't go there and knock on your igloo and say, have you read the Bible? Hmm? So, the answer is, yes, general knowledge of God is part of the human psyche, hmm? and, and, and they can have that, but the full dispensation occurred with the appearance of Christ. And our business is to tell the whole world that. We're, 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 we're supposed to tell it. We're supposed to share that. Hmm? It all goes back to, what is it, Jerusalem or something, the Middle East. We just want to move it east a little bit from there. It all goes back to India. Here, this is the mother of religion here, and we haven't just got one miracle, miracle, miraculous sadhu, God figure. We got a zillion of them, and a lot of them are bogus. But, uh, <laughs> but we got real ones too. And so you know, I mean, so they're telling the story, and the story is like culturally attuned to the people, but what is the culture? Hmm? What is the culture coming out of? It's really, really kind of coming out of the Upanishads, hmm? coming out of the Veda, which we feel are revealed sounds uh, arising in the inner life of, of sadhus who c- come out with them. You know, we, we think like, like some of the one school of mathematics that, that math e- equations that are so useful and tell us so much about the world are actually embedded in the world to be discovered rather than being human inventions to explain the world. Hmm? So there's two schools of thought. So we're more like the latter thought, like Plato, he thought also. And there's a world where mathematical equations, a non-physical world where mathematical equations live. Hmm? So we can kind of go with something something uh, you know, along those lines to take a... you know. From a Western point of view, to you know, kind of talk about what we're we're talking about, um, and you know, as um, what was his name said, famous philosopher White Whitehead. All Western philosophy is just a footnote to Plato. So, <laughs> so uh, he didn't mean it literally, but I do. But anyway, so, <laughs> so 
point being is that, 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 that you know, it's going to resonate the story of Krishna hmm, in that culture where Krishna appeared, hmm, that that culture that that is really in many ways centered around him and other manifestations of his divinity and so forth. So that people are, you know, if you grew up as a kid and 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 those are the only stories you heard, <laughs> and you didn't later on get a whatever, you know. Uh, I got these games to play on the computer, you know, and the, whatever. Um, that was kind of Prabhupada's idea that kids would be raised with the stories of Krishna only, you know, and they would be, have some scar for them. And we start to develop around the world people with these cultural sensibilities that attune them. They come with building the, the some scars for for bhakti and, and, and so forth. So, you know, that being there, like I said, the stories, in one sense, are real simple stories. They're too simple for the jnanis. They're like scratching their heads, like, you know, this is just too simple, these stories. Are they're, they're nice for the, they're for the less intelligent, emotional people. And the whole of India village is caught up with Rama, the story of Ram, the story of Krishna. Uh, you know, the Advaitins go, yeah, they're good to a point, you know, but... Hmm. And, but we, we, that's why it's so important for us to have, be bhakti Vedantists, right? Hmm? And go head to head with the way to Vedanta and say, you know, it's a little deeper than, than the story. So we can go into all those layers, like I said, of meaning and so forth and theology. But if you could just be captivated by Krishna, which is kind of what you're talking about, right? The stories, and there you go, you know? And so then to chant his name and keep it simple, right? But that would be... You know, you, you, this is one of the things you're up against. Hmm? Well, that's in in effect what the Goswami, what what's what Vyas did in the Bhagavatam in one sense. Of course, he's got nine other cantos, you know, before it, and then eleven and twelve after it, and so forth. But but he's just telling the story there, hmm? and uh, it's it's enough, you know, in one sense for some people uh, to get going. Then they'll gradually get some manigyan and, and 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 so on and so forth. Um, and that is important because two Bhakti Vinod Thakur emphasized that that point because he saw in Bengal so many people believe in Krishna, believe in Mahaprabhu, but they don't have any Samanda Gyan, so the chanting is not really, it's not taking them as far as they could if at this point they got Samanda Gyan, which Diksha is part of, of course, and then, or it falls under the the, the umbrella of uh, Diksha is part of Samanda Gyan, then they're chanting can reach you know, greater fruition, reach maturity, and so forth. But that initial start, right? I mean, in Krishna book, it was, it was kind of like that, right? It was like, well, it's a hard story about Krishna, you know. And, and George Harrison signed it, so it must be good, you know. Something like that. So, uh, you know, a lot of us were, were captivated by those stories. I sold lots of those Krishna books. Um, uh, and, um, and I, I, in fact, when I, when I be, before I was initiated, I was teaching the Krishna book to friends, in Santa Cruz Mountains. I, I got a Krishna book. That's a long story, but um, I used to carry it and read it, and and I, I was married at the time, so I explained it to my wife, and, and then other people come in the room, and I don't know what I was saying at the time, but I was enthused about it all. can't imagine what my classes were like then, but um, <laughs> some devotees came from Los Angeles to Santa Cruz. I was up in the Santa Cruz Mountains in Boulder Creek at the time, and um, they, they, they were told... Oh, hey, there's a guy like you. He's up in the 
Boulder Creek, you should go and get him up there. Because the other guy that I was living with was a gay guy. Um, my wife and we were in the house with this guy, and he um, and my wife was pregnant. And he um, was a real tall guy, and he had long black hair down on the cascading on his shoulders. And whenever the devotees would come around and he'd hear about it, he'd go out and dance and put on an orange robe and dance around with them, you know. <laughs> so when I one day shaved my head, because I thought, hey, I really like these book, well, this book and these people shave their heads. So I shaved my head and he said, hey, yeah, I got something you need more than I do. And he brought me this orange robe. So I was wearing an orange robe. <laughs> and they said, this is God. He's got the head shaved like this. He's got an orange robe up there. That's so why the devotees came up. They were on a traveling St. Kirtan party, and they said, you're doing it all wrong. You can't do it like this. you got to take off. The, you can't wear a saffron robe. You're married. You're, so I was giving me all the rules. And so anyway, I did join the group. So, But, um, but you know, that was kind of the idea, of the, I think, in one sense, of the Krishna book and the idea of the original Bhagavatam narrative. Hmm? Um, so your point is well taken. It's a good point. And it is something worth thinking about and pursuing. And and I, I, I think that you could do it. It could be done with some measure of success. That's my opinion, humbly. <laughs> not that I might not be the one, but I would I would be willing to try it if I, if I, if I thought there was enough interest. Does that help? Yeah, something, yeah. You mentioned movies and culture. Yeah. Uh, the movie Avatar, after that came out, I heard that they had to set up a suicide prevention board because people loved the movie so much they were wanting to commit suicide, so they would go to that planet where those blue people are. Um, oh, by suicide, they could go, you could go there, huh? Some, yeah. Somehow they got that out of that. Where I heard that from. Uh-huh. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. I, I heard that people really liked that planet, and that was just from watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, sort of like, just getting absorbed in the story. Yeah. Try. Yeah, the story there in Avatar, I think it had some type of, some type of environmental sensibilities. Also, the trees or something like that, and they had energy, and the trees are alive. So you you want to bring in? I mean, obviously, we 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 have the same perspective, not like exactly, but the, but the trees are. Are super important in the Bhagavatam. Trees are huge, you know, just like cows. They're, they're super significant in the natural environment and so forth. So you you definitely want to go down that that that, that track. And and Krishna is the perfect form of the God Godhead for for doing so. Yes. I just wanted to add. Um, in the early 70s, I was distributing Krishna book on a campus in Boston. And I just had, was sitting down to take prasadam, and this young student came over, and Krishna book was on top, and picked it up, and just after maybe 20 minutes of looking through it, he's like, you know, I have a radio show for an hour a week. We should make these stories into dramatic. Uh-huh. He was just so drawn to those stories, mm-hmm. looking at the pictures. Well, you know, there is a lot of, uh, there has been also a lot of, um, a fair amount of interest in um, um, mythology and the uh, mythological way of representing truths that is, you know, there in all all cultures. 
um, including our modern culture, I like to say, you know, the myth of the modern scientific materialism is 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 very prominent. I mean, it's the same as every other myth of every other culture, which is that you could live forever. Hmm? That's the idea. The idea is, in modern sense, that you can live forever robotically <laughs> because we're just a robot and we could take your consciousness and download it onto a machine which would be more durable than your flexible body. And so when your body starts to wear out, we'll download or whatever it is, upload, upload your consciousness onto a disk and you'll be living on the disk. And so it's just a, an, another live forever um, story, really, that they believe, way of talking about what they believe in. They believe we should be able to live forever. We, 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 it's a very confused, you know, idea about it, obviously, but it's not different than that's a, a theme. Obviously, it runs through the mytho-historic narratives of of the Bhagavatam and and, and and so on and so forth. So there's a, there's a fair amount of interest in that idea. Like I wrote in Aesthetic Vedanta, which I wrote, you know, about 25 years ago, if we can believe it or not, um, that the story of of Radha and Krishna, which is considered mythological, has such power to bring truth that it can, uh, you know, dethrone the emperor of the mind who has no clothes. You know, he's really not an emperor, but he's 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 your problem when pretending to be the solution. Like the guy who robbed the bank and said, "Bank's been robbed. Help!" He went that way. So, you know, a, a myth that has the power of like, hey, wait a minute, buddy, and arresting that mind, hmm? um, uh, and then, uh, in the context of doing that, enable one to control the senses, the human passions, that's supernatural, hmm? and then to experience the more... The ecstasy that's beyond beyond the senses is kind of what ecstasy means. That enter into that. And so, so what's true? If the if the story brings you that kind of truth, it, it must be a true story in a, in a, in, a, in a real and meaningful sense. I mean, the idea that something is true because physically we can observe it, historically we can account for it, is a very uh, impoverished sense. Of what's true, if that's all that we can say is true, because I observed it and it was recorded. There's pictures of it. Hmm? We can repeat it again. Hmm? You can prove that two and two is not four. I can't do it here right now, but it can be done hmm? by logic. So Tarko Patishtanat, Bhagavatam says, logic is not a suitable vehicle for arriving unto itself, arriving at, at a conclusive truth. Truth, knowledge. What is knowledge? Hmm? What is to know how to be happy? That's to know, right? <laughs> that's what. That's the value of knowledge, right? So, so we need to redefine what truth is in the world. This whole like shift in the world from the scientific revolution hmm? um, that objectifies uh, you know, is focused on the objective world as the only thing 
real and if it can't be proved by objective third party third person confirmation and so forth yeah you can see where that's trying to take you away from superstition and crazy ideas subjective ideas of people who claim to be gods and 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 uh and and uh healers and so on and so forth okay you know we agree with you you know we want to move away from that but to move entirely away from the subjective as if it has no value no bearing on on what truth is hmm? when you have persons who whose subjective experience gives external ob- observable results of things like like I say, harnessing the human passions, like, whoa, that's pretty heavy. They, they must know something. They, they, their experience is like, hmm. you know, somebody wants to tell you what the mind is and dismiss yoga as like, you know, as like, that's no way to find out what the mind is. You know, and, and the person can't sit and control their own mind for five minutes. And a yogi can sit and, and for, for a month and control the mind. Who knows more about the mind? So who knows more about the mind? Anyway, so... It's a whole. It's a lot. It's you don't realize. We don't realize the extent to which we we have been kind of programmed by the society to think a certain way. And we think about Krishna consciousness even from that point of view. We need to validate it in, in some way for it to be real. Anyway, so it's it's uh, we need good 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 association. A lot of kirtan. Hmm? That's the other thing. You know, the simple story and the simple chanting. Of the name, that's another point. I mean, all the religions say the name of God is efficacious, holy, sacred, has the logos, has power hmm, for 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 knowing that which you could not otherwise. So it's it's uh, uh, Mahaprabhu capitalized on this universal uh, sensibility, hmm? and um, and and sought to you know plumb the depths of that and come out with a nam nam dharma, hmm? really. Um, so that's a unifying you know, force, if you will. And Prabhupada was quite very open about that. And if he could get people to chant Jehovah with car, with whatever instruments, he would have probably said, "Go for it," you know. And you got to start somewhere. Um, it was an, an indirect name of God. Not going to be any rasa there, but with the Paramatma. But to start, right? Okay. So it was a it was. Good, good question, huh? Interesting, interesting discussion. So, uh, what's the time? I was, I guess, we should make time for prashadam, anikadasi, kadasi brat kijai. We'll meet again tomorrow morning.